Join with me for the next few minutes as I leave with you a message that the Lord has laid in my heart. thumbnail this afternoon is taken from Psalm 17 verse 8. David prayed, keep me as the apple of the eye. I want us to think of that theme, keep me as the apple of the eye. Let's first of all think of the plea that is prayed. If you look at the title of Psalm 17, it's called a prayer of David. And it was Charles Haddon Spurgeon that said that David could not have been a man after God's own heart if he had not been a man of prayer. David himself said in Psalm 55 verse 17, Evening and morning and at noon will I cry unto thee. And he added this assurance. He had confidence and he will hear my prayer. What a wonderful thing it is to be filled with assurance that God hears and answers prayer. King David often resorted to the place of prayer. He knew what it was to engage in private prayer as well as in public and corporate prayer. Like a a pilot when he was experiencing a storm at sea, the pilot would have headed for the harbour. Well, as far as David was concerned, his harbour was to resort to the place of prayer. King David, like Daniel, was indeed a man of prayer. And some of his prayers are recorded for us in the Bible. And Psalm 17 is one such prayer. If you consider the whole 15 verses of the psalm, it's all part of that one prayer. And in this psalm, it can be divided up. David prays, Lord, hear me. And then later on, Lord, hide me. And then later on, towards the end, he's praying, Lord, help me. See, David wanted to be hidden from the many enemies that beset him about. So he turns to the Lord for protection. And in one of his pleas, he cries out, keep me as the apple of the eye. So there's the plea that is prayed. Think about the picture that's being presented. What does this mean, keep me as the apple of the eye? Is the eye compared to an apple? No. This is a simile. David is using this simile because he's a picture that's already formed in his heart and mind. And he's thinking about the pupil of the eye. He's thinking about how special the pupil of the eye is, how uh, precious it is, and and how well protected that, that it is. And he's saying to the Lord, keep me as the pupil of the eye is kept in the head. And that's the picture that is being presented. I want you to think also of the position that is being portrayed. You've got to think here of the setting of the eye. Where is the eye set? It's set in the head. It's set in the eye socket. And of course, because the eye is linked to the head, the eye can see, the eye can function and work well, and the eye can fulfill its very God-ordained purpose. But if you sever the eye from the head, uh, that means that it can't see, it can't work, it can't function the way it was designed uh, and purposed by God. Uh, And not only that, the eye in itself severed from the head will die. Well, there's a wonderful picture. 
Every believer who has received Jesus Christ by faith is found in a living organic union with Jesus Christ, the, the great head of the church. Remember Jesus Christ, the head of the church. The Pope is a usurper. He is Antichrist. There's only one true living head of the church, and that is Jesus Christ. And the church, like a body, is joined to its living head. And the eye, of course, is part of that head. Um, think not only of its setting, but, but, but think of its uh, security. Um, who placed it there? The answer is God did. That, that's the way we're made. The Bible says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And God securely set the eye in the eye socket. He placed it there because that's the place of protection. And I want you to understand God has made us in Christ to be secure. We didn't put ourselves into Christ, just like the eye didn't put itself into the eye socket in the head. We were called by the Lord. We were chosen by the Lord. We've been cleansed by the Lord in the precious blood. We're cared for. We're comforted. We're counseled. But it's all by the Lord. It's all by the Lord's wonderful grace and wonderful provision. And isn't it wonderful to know the things that the Lord has done for us? Not only the setting of the eye and the security of the eye, but, but, but think also about the um, sentinel of the eye. What keeps the eye well protected? Well, you've got the eye socket. You've got the, the, the eye lid. You've got the eye lash. And also you've got the eye duct. And these are all like guards for the eye, protecting the pupil. And of course, every believer has God's presence with them on life's journey. Every believer has God's promise of truth. For every word of God is pure. It's, it's uh, plenary and verbally inspired uh, by the living God. Uh, and God's word brings counsel and comfort to him on life's journey. So he's got God's truth. Uh, and God's truth is in his mouth and on his heart. Uh, and also, he has not only God's presence and God's precepts, but, but he's got God's promise, and he can lean on those promises in special times of need. Uh, and these are all guards and guides to the child of God. But, but think also of the sensitivity of the eye. Even a little speck of dust can irritate the eye. And, and what besets the ch child of God many times is secret sins, secret faults presumptuous sins. And it was the psalmist that prayed, keep me uh, from uh, presumptuous sins. Keep me from secret faults. He was well aware of the little things in the life that, that can uh, spoil and harm his testimony. And David was quite prepared not only to deal with open and blatant sins, but even the secret presumptuous sins of the heart. Sins like pride and jealousy and envy and discord. David was very, very concerned about those things as well, because he knew that to be kept as the apple of the eye, that the eye was so sensitive even to a speck of dust, even to a grain of sand. And how sensitive are we are to the little sins that spoil the vine. But think not only of this plea that's prayed and the picture that's presented and the position that's portrayed, but also think about this. Think about the purpose that is being proclaimed. Why did David want God to keep him as the pupil of the eye? The answer is so he could see well. So he could see uh, well enough to be unhindered and unrestricted as he lived out his life before God. The eye performs a very, very important function. 
And I think of the days of Eli, when only Eli's eyes were dim. And of course, in those days, there was no open vision. And you see, there's the man of God with defective eyesight. And how many men of God have defective eyesight when it comes to issues of theology, issues of morality, issues of sociology? Um, so many uh, particular issues face the uh, world in which we live and face the child of God. Uh, and we need to have clear vision. We need to have open understanding. We need to have a issue well thought through in relation to what saith the scriptures. And it's not only true about church life, but it's also true about the Christian's life. Sadly, many Christians can begin to turn a blind eye to things and not see them as the, the way they ought to see them. And, and they ought to have clear and full vision in many areas, but sadly they don't. And it's easy to become desensitized even to the things of God, to, to not really care. And here's David, and, and he prays, keep me as the apple of thy eye. And the reason was that so that he could maintain his sight and that he could live his life uh, unhindered and, and, and unrivaled and unfettered in relation to the things of God. And I would urge you to read Psalm 17. I urge you to think even of this plea, uh, of this picture that's being presented, and, and think about this position that's being portrayed, the setting of the eye, the, the securing of the eye, the sentinel of the eye, the sensitivity of the eye. And then think about this purpose. Are you a child of God who has clear vision? You've seen your sin. You've seen the need to repent. You've received Christ as Lord and Saviour. You see him as your Lord and you're living for him and you're loyal to him and his truth. Or are your eyes being affected like old Eli in the passage of time, the circumstances of life, and you don't see things as the way you ought to see them and your sight has been affected? And even Peter's charge that many Christians have become blinded in a spiritual sense even stands true. If it stands true of you, then let's recognize where we're at. Let's repent. Let's return to the Lord and seek his counsel and his help, even through the great art of intercessory prayer. Psalm 17 is a prayer full of supplication. I recommend it. And the next time you're wondering, what should I pray about? And you can't think of anything that comes to mind. Get your Bible. Read Psalm 17. Remember that it's a prayer. And you begin to make David's prayer your prayer for the Lord to hear you, for the Lord to hide you from your many enemies, for, for the Lord to help you, even in the face of those enemies, to his glory. God bless you, and thank you for listening.